think it's good to be back, man. Like, um, that was a bit of a mad rush from the last time we've had our last podcast, and things have been absolutely bonkers, but yeah, it's time to get this podcast rolling again. It's good to shake off the rust. I don't know how this will sound as it comes back, you know, through and rebroadcasted to everybody. We may sound a little bit rusty because we haven't done it in so long. But. <laughs> On this episode, uh, we, we covered pivoting through 2020, pricing and increase and, and, and how to deal with that. And Big topic and for vendors. Big topic for vendors. Uh, linking vibes with the clients, another yep. big topic for vendors. And then uh, transparency with the client, which is probably one of the most important things mm. before, during and after the event to it's make a, it's sure. It's also a mindset as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely a mindset that will help you get through your business. And, and then um, with all of that comes compassion especially mm-hmm. in these uh, troubled and uncertain times. You need, we we uh, discuss uh, how to get through it together uh, and not uh, being unsure because, you know, communication will avoid those problems. And then uh, we shared some stories of recent times of with uh, Perth lockdown 2021, hashtag. From the trenches. From the trenches. We're back into them. And then uh, uh, summarized it with um, what should clients do if they're worried about um, future, their future dates. The Perth Wedding Minds Podcast, bringing you the latest advice and inspiration to help you achieve your dream wedding with your hosts, Adam, Eden, and Sev. Welcome back to uh, Perth Wedding Minds Podcast. Uh, we are here debuting season two. Well, after a, a rant of mine that I popped up uh, last week, uh, we are joined by uh, Adam and Eden and myself, Sev, the original trio. We're back here, first time since probably this time last year, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we were pretty consistent. For maybe August, I think, was probably the last time we ever did anything together. Yeah. And then, then July, August. And then business business exploded for everyone in the group. So it was like, okay. Well, I'll put that one away for a little bit. Backseat. And, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's been a wild ride since September. Um, I think that was the last time we posted something. And then now uh, we're, we're, well, the season's pretty much started with a little bit of a, a sketchy little trip up uh, at the in the first week of February. But uh Tell us some stories. Uh, yeah, tell us. Let's just go straight into it. Story well, time. I think I think uh, the big thing to talk about t- today will be the um, progression from where we started last, like a year ago. Well, September. What's that? Six, three, five, something like that. Yeah. E- even then, the difference in in um, activity that we've all had has been crazy. All of our all of our business presence, all of our online presence has exploded. I mean, ours is MV, yours is Sev. That that's it's just gone crazy, and I would say at the moment we're among some of the more recognisable players in the industry. You know, not trying to blow our own horns, but literally at the moment, just since COVID, everybody knows who Envy is. Everybody knows who Sev is. It's not, you know, it's not a uh, not a surprise anymore. Yeah, we kept it we kept it real, and we kept pumping out the content, and uh, kind of motivated each other. Um, I was telling Eden before. Um, every time I see the word, uh, the letters DJ required <laughs> on uh, on a Facebook, I scroll down. The first thing I see is that pink profile picture of <laughs> you, Adam. Oh man, and it's just it's so it's so fun. It's just just becomes like automatic. Um, and then just and then just goes from there. Mm. It's kind of like a race between us and Dave from Sonic to see who posts first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so how did you um, how did you sum up twenty twenty for your business? To be to be fair, or to be honest, 
it, it was uh, <laughs> the growth was phenomenal. Like we literally doubled, and and you'd think that COVID would have slowed us down. In fact, it didn't. We when we looked at our books just before COVID, so at the end of March 2020, we had something like 180 bookings. So by the end of August, before we had done any gigs, we had over 400. For the for the year? For the, No, well, in front. Upcoming. In front, mm. upcoming. Oh, yeah. mm. So we went from, you know, moderately busy to ridiculously busy. I did over 80 weddings just last year myself, and that's put out of sheer stupidity, I think, because towards the end of the year, I suffered a bit of burnout. Yeah, it happens. It <laughs> happens to the best of us, eh? So uh, what was the uh, biggest defining factor um, for you to push through and succeed out of COVID? Probably probably what, what how we succeeded was the footwork that we had done previously. So the uh, whether that was... Um, knocking on doors, um, laying the foundations for our social presence. Um, so all that footwork came into fruition during the lockdown. And um, you had more time to do that too because you weren't yeah. out doing gigs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a really crazy time. Like we we noticed that I think at one point we were booking about 12 people a week. And and like we, we spoke about this the other day, I was like when a bride or a groom wants what they want, um, a lockdown ain't gonna ain't gonna stop them. Yeah, from they were, it, they were still inquiring, and I remember at that expo. Um, I think it was the Twilight Expo last year in June, July. That ended up happening. Um, I remember going and go see Adam at Caversham, and you you showed me your laptop, and you had eighty four um, inquiries just that one day. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it's it's definitely mm. not dead. That that was pretty much the kickoff of new season. Is that that first week in August in uh, after that, my first gig back was around the 13th or 14th of August from, from memory. And on the 13th or 14th of August, I looked at the books and there were something like 450 weddings on there. And I, and I thought, how the hell did we get from, from there to this? That, that's just crazy. Like, what did we do to deserve that was, was, was my thoughts. You know, um, during the lockdown... Or, or, or the quarantine period, so to speak, when we couldn't really do anything. Spent a lot of time refining our game. You know, we did a lot of lives. I did a lot of lives. <laughs> I went. I, I stripped it right back. I, I went back to you know some of the music that I love, which is like old school soul and yeah, R and B. You did an album countdown. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did, did an album countdown. I, I, I did. Man, I went on one night. And I, I think the maximum viewers at any one time was about 120 people, and I was doing a, a live just with slow jams. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, that one. Yeah. And, and Is that how many people you had on live? At any one particular time. Wow, on Facebook? On Facebook. That's amazing. And people were, like, hungry to listen to music. And, and slow jams is something that I don't get to play very much, you know, like that old school Blackstreet and Jodeci and, and stuff like that. And... I thought, man, if I can get this kind of interaction online just doing this, surely that's got to count towards something. And it did. It, you know, it, we had brides and grooms jumping on and, and having a look at what I was doing at the time. We had, you know, various different people, a lot of industry people, DJs from 
all over the place. Yeah. Rod, Rod was doing some good stuff. Rod uh, Munoz from Caveat DJs. He, he was putting out um, little explainers from different songs and why he likes them. And he was doing breakdowns of samples, the origins of samples, so certain kind of classic hits and stuff like that. His stuff was awesome. Yeah, yeah he, he was he was totally sick. I'm not really a deep music guy, but I do like music. I do like songs when I know the backstories to them. So hearing his take on um, the backstories was really, really cool. I really liked his his lives as well. But yeah, it was sort of setting the, um, the table, I guess, when it came to those lives. I mean, the only live I did, I did a couple, but drunk. One of them because <laughs> I, I never drink at my jobs, and um, I always tell people they're like, "Oh, would you like a drink? Would you like something else?" And I'm always like, "Nah, man, I drink to get drunk. Like, I, I don't drink very all in often. Or nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in, or or I'm just not going to do it at all. And like, I drink maybe once or twice every two years, like what I consider real drinking, which is just getting totally trolled. Um, and so. Yeah, I decided I'm just going to get shit faced on uh, on my life. And the amount of comments, are like people were like, Eden, bro, I saw you get wasted. Like, we never see you like that. So I was like, yeah, man. It was oh, hilarious. how it is. You can see him at the start of the day and you can see him at the end of the day. The difference in Eden's. That, that would be good content right there. Like, just, just summarize the contrast in 15 seconds. That would be amazing. Just, just do, a, just do a, a time, what is it called? A time lapse. Time lapse. It's, uh, it reminds me of the photo booth that's what i say to people at the photo booth go and go and take a photo now while you're looking all fancy and schmancy and all that by the end of the night uh, by the end of the night you, you should be pretty uh messy by then so let's get a progression going on so you guys pivoted really well through through the lives um is there anything else that you remember doing in 2020 to boost your numbers as well probably uh, working we, we talked a lot the big the big uh chat that we had amongst the um management team was sops making sure because we, we got through we, and we were kind of caught off guard with how popular the business um, we became quite quite fast. And so we were, we were working off the experience that we all had individually. And then we kind of, um, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants f- for a bit. I was I was doing my thing with the sales. Eden was doing his thing with, with the SEO and the, the website and, and, and the building the booths. And then Leighton was doing his stuff with the live but I never kind of correlated. We kind of never worked. It, it wasn't actually us working together. It was us doing our own thing within the business. Mm. The part that we enjoyed, all of us. So, yeah, we've. We, that's one thing that we have done is we've taken a step back and that, that 2020 gave us an opportunity to do is take a step back and go, okay, how can we take these three individual talents and turn them into something that actually functions as a business? Mm, yeah. Cohesive, like all, all as a symbiotic unit word of the day and you and you and you found a and you found a link yeah yeah i think we we sat down kind of um storyboarded how we wanted to put our business together and all that sort of stuff the main focus really what it came down to at the end of the day was making sure that the uh the customer experience was um was in line with what we're putting out online so saying you're the best you know and all that sort of stuff you're amazing if it doesn't match up with the experience that the client's having, then it's just a complete load of shit. So we we really f- tried to uh, work on getting things um, systematized so that we can throw people into the system and it will, you know, it'll nurture their experience the whole way through. I think that's, and we're still working on it. It's, it's kind of a continual improvement process. So 
Yeah, it's always yeah. evolving. My my biggest pivot was um, the fact that I realized that my demographic on social media was a lot older, speci- specifically through TikTok. Mm. When you guys first met me, it was majority just kids from school. And then um, then I realized it was uh, actually a more 24 to 35 year olds. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I'll put a, I'll put a, a video up of um, something wedding related and say that I'm a wedding photographer and here's my Here's my Instagram. Two days later, I had my first booking. And then from there, I was like, yeah, that, that was, was cool. for free. Yeah. And, and that was something I enjoyed making. Um, I spent like five grand, um, or wasted five grand on um, Facebook ads. Uh, and I just learned a lesson. It's like, that's not my scene. So then, yeah, just being me as a personality on social media helped, yeah. um, which is like similar to, to doing lives for you guys. Um, and a little bit of a sidetrack, I, I do um, I do live streams on TikTok. That's my game. And I, um, I did this one where I ate chicken wings on live. I went from 50 people watching me to 600 people. <laughs> and then at the peak of that, I was like, hey, guys, just letting you know that I'm a, a wedding photographer. And then I would get emails saying, hey, I saw you eat chicken wings and when you... <laughs> Were you, were you eating them in a specific way or was it getting hotter as you ate them or was it were you no, just eating just, chicken just, wings? No, I've got a knack for eating chicken wings. So there's no, <laughs> so the meat can't, like, the meat is not wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a trick to it, I'll Check, show you. Technique. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I got an email saying, um, yeah, we saw your chicken wing live and we saw that you're a wedding photographer. You want to book you? And I was like, Jesus, is that it? Yeah. And that, that was it. And then now Chicken Treat hit me up for a collab. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. But yeah, so just being that sort of personality, doubling down, which was which was my thing. Obviously, Facebook groups and mm. and developing my website a bit more, going through chaos in the uh, the tail end of 2020 with pricing and figuring out, geez, if I, I need to bump my prices up, otherwise I'll be like envy with 400 bookings <laughs> in 2021. So, yeah. It's, it's a constant uh, program. Pro- pricing is like, um, I think I was listening to Lala the other day on Lala Business and- it's something that you've got to constantly tweak. As, as um, one of the things that I really like that she said, and which I, we try and do as well, is matching um, what's the economic uh, principle: supply and demand. So you know, if demand gets too high, you've got to bump your prices up just for the fact that, um, you know, you you, you kind of when your when your funnel is full, your sales funnel, you need to kind of slow it down a little bit. And what better way than yeah. to ask for a little bit more money? That's what I end up doing. But my, my biggest issue was, I mean, the supply was there from other photographers, mm-hmm. but my own demand, personal demand, was high as well. Mm. Well, this and, is this is what happened with us as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so now, I, I was always too, I don't know, if scared or shy or whatever. You know, I, I go back to the fact that, you know, me and Eden probably did between us about 150 weddings last year. Um, it was ridiculous. But th- at least half of those were specific requests. Now, we as the directors of the company can't do everything. And so it's only just been this year that I've, I've started saying to people, well, if you want us, if you want me or Eden, you've got to pay extra because there's only two of us. You can't split Adam eight ways. There's only so many of me mm. that, or Eden that can go around. So it's gotten to the point now where, you know, I'm charging, or well, we're charging, me and Eden at least, and some of our other high profile DJs, fifteen to $1,800 for a wedding. And they're paying it. And, they're, and people are paying it because they understand that what, what kind of uh, add value we bring to their wedding. They understand the experience that we have. They understand the vibe that we have. Um, whereas 
you, you know, before I was always too scared to ask. I was always too. <laughs> yeah. We know. we used to have uh, we, we, like we were talking about this yesterday. We almost come to blows like uh, with me and Adam. We're like we literally are like brothers. Um, so we we fight and argue, and um, you know I have my little hissy fits, and 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 when there's Adam been put- times where where. <laughs> Literally, if somebody wasn't there, Eden would have just knocked me the hell out. You know, I would have been, tried. I would have been on that ground like Friday, you know, straight up. But we, but we, and having said that, we find that that's what makes um, our business strong because we fight for what we believe in. We fight for what we want. I noticed um, a few times Adam's put his foot down. I'm like, okay, this bullshit facade that I keep putting up. You know, the dog with the big bark. It's sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. So and it's good to have that relationship. We talk about um, how we we are together, and then when we were late, we got, like the way we we talk to late is totally different how we how we talk to each other. Um, and it's just yeah, it just works really really well. I think between the three of us. So it's um it's an interesting time. If people could be flies on the walls, they'll be like, how the hell do these ding dongs run a business like they do? So <laughs> my, my my major question for you guys, and this is going to be like a running theme for a lot of other guests on the show, um, is. Uh, do you think that 2021 is amplified because of COVID? There's a lot more bookings. And uh, backing off on that question, do you think 2022 onwards will be slightly kind of smoothing out? Um, You're the bookings guy. Yeah, look, I think 2021 is amplified. An example of that is the 6th of March. We've got 12 weddings booked. That that's a perfect example. And how many DJs do you have on in your? Look, we've got we've got about twenty five. We've got about yeah twelve to fifteen that we use all the time. Um, these are guys that we trust and, and and utilize. The others are more so filling guys who are amazing at what they do, but more so um, run their own businesses and, and and do their own thing. And so when a booking comes up. They might have a Monday to Friday job, yeah. but they're more than happy to slide well, in. Well, there's a vibe that the client wants, so we'll we'll, we'll bring them in specifically. A classic example has been um, Katie. She's she's got a certain type of vibe that's um, super chill, super fun. Um, and she, she's not afraid to go get down on the dance floor if the client's offering alcohol. She'll get drunk with them. You know, that's <laughs> that's the vibe, and and she, we put her into certain jobs and and. You know, she's done a couple for us now, and she's crushed them. She's been amazing. She's a stone cold killer, man. So, um, and then there, there are different people. Um, we have guys who are, you know, their strength is emceeing. Um, you know, there's guys who, if you want people dancing on the on the tables at ten o'clock, who can do that? You know, Joshy's Joshy's a classic for that. If you want someone, um, you know, that's really kind of straight laced, very formal. You know, there's other people that we bring in. For that specifically, yeah, if, you, if you want some bases, yeah, if you want somebody who's got like a background in in like Triple J and 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 more alt kind of yeah. vibes, you know, Shannon Fox, she was next RTR presenter. We use her for for a few things as well. So nice. we've got our core, and then we've got others who don't really gig a lot, but when we bring them in, they still do an amazing yeah. job. And we 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 kind of and the goal is always to um, satisfy the clients. With what they want, not you know a piece of meat that's going to do you know the bare essentials. We try and get someone specifically that um, suits the client's uh, portfolio or their brief, and then yeah, trying to match them up. And if we can't, we'll just flick it on. I think we had one that one last night that we we're talking about passing on a complete job. Yeah, you know it's you know just under a thousand dollars, which 
for most for a lot of people that's a lot of money but for us it's more about making sure that the client gets what they want not us you know pumping yeah. up our numbers i feel like i feel like i'm at that stage now where i i qualify my clients um from their vibe first mm. as well like if they want to stand up sort of cocktail everyone's dancing party mm. It's quite, kind of like my wedding that yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. That's the sort of wedding that I want to shoot. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I can do the sit down weddings and they're great, um, but I'm my best talents in the in the stand up. Everyone wants to have a party sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's important. Then, it's important yeah. that you um, avatar that you set up your the, you know the criteria for your perfect client as well. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, you trying to attract and and find those clients yeah. will make your experience better as well as a, as a as a vendor. Yeah, and then from the client's perspective, um, linking to the right vendor, and this is what I've been kind of preaching for the last two, three months for clients that come to me or that email me just to go, hey, what are your prices and packages? That's it. I say to them, well, it depends, and then go from there mm. and then say to them, well, what, sort of, what sort of wedding are you kind of wanting to, to have? And then again, you go from there. So, any clients that are listening, it's it's about it's a matter of getting to know your vendors because that optimizes your wedding mm. uh, tenfold. You know, yeah. And uh, for you as well, I'd imagine. Um, vibe, vibe is massively important. Yeah, vibe is massive. You know, like I've I've had clients who um, who said, "I'm sorry, uh, we, I went with somebody else," and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Their vibe is better. And then months later, this is a true story. I had um, one lady, she came back to me. She said, Sev, I need your help. This photographer's actually cooked. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, um, yeah, there's, there's all these problems. She's not replying and, you know, obviously not going to go into detail, but I was just like, um, in my head, I'm like, how do you avoid this problem as a client? And yeah, yeah. and, and I, you, you add like experience that sort of experience you add yeah. it onto your belt and, and you give that information to them and in, in turn they're like well he knows what he's talking about may as well go with him because he's mm. he's like that safe yeah yeah but you have to have the vibe too you know like you yeah. guys are you do you do the right job but if it's not the right vibe yeah. it's gonna be an awkward job like uh, trying to mix two different crowds and ethnic groups and uh, have them all on the one dance floor yeah is that is that I would say that that would be my biggest challenge as a DJ. What about you? Oh yeah, we've we've done that plenty of times. You know, trying try to mix the two crowds. I think you're laying out the expectations with the with the couple first. You know, yeah, like, transparency. Yeah, like just being brutally honest about what um, what, what they should expect and what we're going to try and do for them. Like our intentions are always to smash everything, and so setting up the expectations is really important. Um, but with the with the whole ethnic thing, what we what I generally find, I don't know about Adam, but what I generally find is that a lot of couples don't want their weddings to turn into, you know, if they're Macedonian, if they're Greek, if they're Italian, um, they don't generally want their weddings to turn into a traditional, like you know, home type of uh, a festival where everything's tarantellas and you know. Dean Martin and all that sort of stuff. They, they, they usually want to allot a certain amount of time for it. Give them forty-five minutes. You know, maybe, probably half an hour is more like it. Macedonians, they're in a tricky situation because <laughs> dads tend to pay for their weddings and the the dads want the band and all that sort of stuff. So we always have an interesting um, situation as DJs because the way Macedonian bands work is they get paid on the night generally. People throw money at them, so the more they play, the more hype the crowd gets, the more money they get. So they're always kind of fighting with us. We're well, not fighting with us, but trying to 
stay on the dance floor longer and longer and longer. And the brides are looking over like, can you cut them off? It's like, wow, <laughs> you Macedonians have got a pretty wicked- Well, that's where you set the expectations before <laughs> yeah, the wedding. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to say to them. And then when you remind them, they're like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like with, with other vendors, it's just laying down, down those rules. And I feel like for the last six months, what I've learned, and I've learned a lot, I've learned a lot, mm, I feel like yeah. I'm interviewing better as well, um, is just the, the lack of knowledge that bridal couples have mm. and the, the lack of- um, information that specific vendors or a majority of the vendors give back to them. It's like just the the, the basic, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't leave much uh, on the floor for the couples to go. Okay, this is this is what we do. This mm. is and and then yeah, and the result is from the clients. Um, they don't they don't know for sure, but they're yeah. like, okay, we'll go with this person, and then obviously. Best case scenario is it works out for them, hopefully. Yeah. But a lot of the time I've been finding people are going, oh, my God, this has happened. Yep. How do I uh, get out of it? Um, specifically with like contracts and COVID um, yeah. clauses as well. A lot of vendors have really done themselves in. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not helpful no. for a vendor's business to, you know, if a bride comes to you and says, look, I can't, I've got to change my date. And then a vendor says, oh, no, I'm not available on that date. Well, then the bride's entitled to a partial refund at least, yeah. and the vendor's sitting on their hands going, no, I'm not going to give it. There's, it's not helpful to their business because all it all it does- Creates negative feedback. Cre- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have a bad experience with somebody, you go tell 10 people, 10 people will tell 10 people. You have a good experience with somebody, you may- Tell three people, and three people will tell three people. It's always less when it's a good experience, yeah. unfortunately. That's just the case. But a negative experience spreads like wildflower, uh, wildfire. So, so you're saying that compassion will get you further? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think I think as well that there's I think understanding the whole situation. Like I was on Facebook on a Facebook group uh, recently. And they talked about how uh, a couple wanted um, their money back and all this sort of stuff. And they had missed the cutoff date for uh, flat. This was to do with floristry. So the the vendor had already been committed contractually to buying the the, uh, flowers that they had already ordered. And they couldn't return them because they they just wouldn't allow. That's not how that, that particular industry works. But, you know, obviously the wedding was was, was not happening. Um, So... There's a bit of a backstory depending on which industry you're in. We, we were lucky enough that we had a bride and groom that had to cancel on Saturday, was it? Was Friday Saturday or Saturday? Gone. Yeah, and they, they asked for their um, refund back uh, of their deposit as well. And we kind of looked at it, and this is where what Adam said came in. We, we just looked at it, it like, you know, we intentionally keep our deposits quite low for that exact reason. The other thing that we do is we hold their money in trust until the actual event is completed. So Leighton doesn't process payments from the money that they put in trust until after the event. So technically, we don't lose anything for us. Um, you know, the deposit, we could have played hardball because it is in our terms and conditions. But at the same time... Case by case, really? Yeah, it case, is. Case by case. Yeah. yeah. And and 99% of cases will retain that deposit a bride and groom will rebook. They'll be stoked as, yeah. and and, the, and they'll move yeah, that's on. That's what and, I do. But, yeah, that's but, the right thing. You know, for every one out of a hundred, it may be an unusual case. This bride and groom yeah. had decided they potentially might want to go and elope somewhere. We thought, well, 
look, it, it was a fairly decent sized package. It was, I think it was DJ photo booth, dance floor and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So we thought to ourselves, well, is it even worth us holding or retaining the deposit in this case when they may not even come back? Uh, but also, if you're going to elope, you want a small intimate wedding with just some family and friends. Yeah, and you don't want a big package anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's of no benefit. You, yeah. you know, like I said, ninety nine percent of the time we'll retain that deposit. That's but just on the on the rare occasion, yeah. empathy always wins. Comes yeah. back to transparency with a client beforehand yep. as well. Like yep. the one thing that I ask my clients to do is if they if they're still shopping around for other vendors, I said, well, make sure you know about your. Um, the, the COVID clauses, mm. what have they got in place? Are they credited if the things are postponed? Yeah. Are they refunded? Um, do you both have to agree on a rescheduled date or what's the deal, you know? Um, and that's that's pretty much what you have to consider. So, yeah, well, we've gone through a few things already. Um, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, get back into some uh, some recent storytelling of some, uh, some COVID times, as recent mm. as uh, the first weekend, the second weekend of February, which is going to be an interesting one. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, the second part of the show with uh, Adam, Eden and Sev. Um, going to be talking about a few things uh, that happened uh, more recently in the wedding industry uh, on the Perth side of Australia, um, starting with the uh, the random out of nowhere lockdown that happened uh, mm. in, uh, at the start of February uh, this month. Uh, we were all ready to go. I hadn't had my January is. Uh, off, I had it off, no weddings, and my first wedding was said to be on the 6th of February. Um, long story short, it still happened, which is great, but that week uh, lockdown before that Saturday release was something else, and uh, I remember um, uh, calling you straight the moment I found out that <laughs> Sunday morning. I was like, Adam, and you had no idea too. I felt like I had something on you for once. <laughs> I was like, Adam, guess what? We're going to go into lockdown five days, and you, you your voice was like, you're taking the piss here. <laughs> oh, so it goes, you got to go get some masks. Make sure you guys got some toilet paper. Like, you know, we got the toilet paper. We're not one of those hoarders. But uh, about the masks, yeah, I never ended up going to get some. So we actually found some in our medical kits that we had at home. So we were rolling around with these disposable masks, sharing them around the family for the next three or four days. But that was that was fun times. Oh, I should have listened to Sevo. Should have. I did I did have some for you, I did tell you. But Not long uh, after that the shops were descended upon packed. and there was there that was, was crazy hordes of ridiculous people. That's all. Articulation with that, I, I just I just realised I kind of dogged you, Aiden. I didn't even tell you about it. Man, I, I, it was it was hilarious. Like, yeah, I, I so I found out, and um, there was actually a, a wedding expo on at, at Balibus Farmstay. So uh, my wife called up in a bit of a panic. Oh my gosh, there's been a, a um, an announcement made by old mate Mark from Rockingham. <laughs> And uh, he he put out the announcement uh, that we were going into immediate lockdown 6 p.m. that night. So the the wedding expo at Balivas Pharmacy was actually scheduled to go from four till seven. It did go ahead and um, finished up at 5:45. Uh, I'd already dropped off the booth earlier that morning um, as one of my duties. I went and set it up at 25 minutes from where I live, and so I uh, went back and um, dropped off a whole bunch of cards and just left the booth there for people to gather their um, contact details and all that sort of stuff 
um, without me being there. And surprisingly, I was speaking with Michelle and um, Paul afterwards, um, the owners of the of the venue, and they had a lot of people there. Like they had quite a few brides and grooms at one point. Michelle's very um, low key in her approach to marketing. And so it was kind of an ideal situation for her because she doesn't like being in massive crowds, surprisingly. And um, she had a few lines there, she said, like of people trying to get information from her as they were touring around. Once they've completed their tour, they'd, they'd line up. And she said she actually had lines on the day, which goes to show why we are specifically in the wedding industry um, and why that's what we target and why that's what we do because... When it comes to weddings, brides and grooms, they want what they want. A pandemic and a, a an impending uh, lockdown ain't going to stop them from uh, from you know getting yeah, that info. Yeah, I mean, weddings are recession proof. One hundred percent. But uh, but pandemic proof. Uh, I mean, the planning is it's not. There's mm-hmm. just uh, a, lo- a lot more hope with it because people want to still get married. Uh, however, if there's lockdowns then there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. And those mm-hmm. those five days, and I remember you had four weddings booked on that Friday. And you four were, weddings on the Friday, seven on the Saturday. Yeah. And um, how many weddings cancelled on the Saturday? Five. Five out of the seven. So we only had that, that whole weekend out of the 11 gigs that we had, we had two. Wow. Wow. Yeah, what, what's, what's the postponements, in, though? The, the, we, got, yeah. we had 10 postponements, one cancellation. Yeah, postponements, yeah. yeah. Well, what's, in, what's interesting is that you know, your heart's got to go out to brides and grooms. Oh, it's crazy. Well, you know, Friday or sorry, Saturday. The what was that Saturday? Was it the sixth, th- fifth? Uh, no, the 30th. 30th, 30th oh, yeah, of yep. Jan- Saturday, Saturday, the thirtieth of January. They're looking forward. A week later, they're getting married. They've planned for this moment for three, four years, And then some, some of them have replanned. For yeah, and some of them have replanned. So they've, they've planned for this moment. It's 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 happening. It's only a week away. The next day, this bombshell gets dropped on them, and all this planning, oh, my gosh, it's, yeah. it's, it's done. I can't believe the wedding that I had went, went on, and mm. it was fine, uh, apart from the rain, yep. which was just another stick up the ass. Well, <laughs> that, even that in itself was a kind of, you know, because – while this lockdown was and the pending announcement in terms of um, restrictions and how they were going to downgrade them, um, the rain was like it was kind of a blessing as well because it was a, it was a really confusing situation. Fires, yeah, yeah the fires. Was, I was yeah. glad about the, the the rain because yeah. of the fires, but if there weren't any fires, I was just like, come on, yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? I had, I had a bride getting married and and it was an outdoor venue, and she said. Look, we're still going ahead. We're still going ahead. We're still motoring ahead. Then the fires happened, and it was up near the hills. And she goes, "No, no, don't worry. I think we're safe. I don't think we're in the line of fire. It's all good." <laughs> then there was a storm, and she was like, "Look, this is this is all the elements conspiring against us. We are going to postpone our wedding." So, so the pandemic didn't stop her. The fires didn't stop her. Nick went at the storm, and and that was it. You know, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. So it was, it was, uh, you know, and that week, that week leading up. So, uh, you know, so we get the announcements on Sunday that it's uh, there's going to be a lockdown for for uh, seven days, was it, or five days? Five days. So five days, but we don't get the update in terms of what's going to happen after the um, until the, Thursday night. Until Thursday night. So there, we had eleven couples that didn't really know if their wedding was going to happen. Um, you know, it turns out that uh, you know we got one cancellation, and we felt for them. You know, we gave them the full. That, that was what we were talking about previously. We gave them the the full, including their um, deposit refund, and um, and they were they were just at the end of their tether, like the gods 
are against us. So it is what it is. We've had enough. Let's just head to the registry office and get this shit done. Yeah. So, you know, we, we carried on uh, with that. And um, the bride that I had, she had an outdoor wedding. Um, so the <laughs> the weather conspired. So she they brought in a marquee, Eric from um, uh, Riverbank. Um, brought in the marquee for that, so that was that was cool. Um, just and then she didn't know what if she was having a wedding on Saturday uh, until Thursday night, and like she hoped the whole way through, but it it, it turned out to be um, an, an actually an awesome wedding. You know, one thing <laughs> that happened, which wasn't you know kind of to do with the pandemic and and the fires and everything, was her DJ that was assigned to her, Josh. He actually. Uh, you know, he got sick as well, a little bit of an infection. So I had to take the job. And um, so we I'm giving her a call on Thursday night, Friday, saying, look, you know, this is really, really unfortunate. And the desperation in her voice when I spoke to her on the phone, she was just like, oh, my God, are you, are you serious? Like, you know, like, it's like, you know, I don't know why this is happening to me, blah, blah, blah. And then I calmed her down. Obviously, you know, I gave her the old line, you know, a thousand weddings in Perth veteran, blah, blah, blah. Been down here, done this, can can definitely take care of you. Yeah. And um, it, it did. It turned out to be an, an awesome wedding. I really enjoyed it, actually, to be honest. And um, with Josh, Josh is our party party guy that um, really smashes out the weddings, especially strong on the MC side of things. So I just went rogue that night. I just went full Josh and uh, shit talking the crowd, you know, having a bit of fun, um, name calling people, <laughs> calling people out like, "Hey, who's this passive aggressive chick that won't shut her mouth?" You know, just things like that. We we're having, a, I was just having a whole lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, the layout was crazy um, in terms of at Riverbank. You usually get married out in the centre of the um, little courtyard that they have there. So they had to bring that in because the rain started coming down. And the bride was actually happy about it. That's what I was saying, like the, you know, usually the line is when you get married and it starts to rain, you know, we say it's actually it's good luck because in the old days, you used to tie their hands together with rope. The rope would get wet. So you're locked together for a long time. So it's considered good luck. Um, with this thing with the whole fires going on in the hills, they were really, really happy about it, which is kind of bizarre because most brides, oh, sorry, I won't say most brides, but some brides actually start crying when it does rain. So... <laughs> it was it was just a weird weird thing that was going on, and then you know it was a hundred and thirty packs uh, wedding. They had the um, marquee which they uh, you know they had to open it up. Yeah. So there's a little bit of rain coming <laughs> from the side. There's a hundred and thirty people. You know the max for the whole uh, event is a hundred and fifty. Um, that's what Uncle Mark had laid down as as one of the rules. So um, it was just bizarre and, uh, you know, some of the rules were if you're talking on the microphone uh, and you need to address people um, for speeches, etc., then you're allowed to take your mask off. But, um, you know, with the vibe that was going on, it felt a bit weird to be doing that sort of thing. Um, so it was just it was just a really weird combination of events that took place that day, which um, in the end... Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, we we had a whole bunch of problems, and that's that's what I've been saying lately to people is that weddings. If you're in the industry, you know this, especially if you're an old head or a more experienced person. Rather, um, weddings is all about managing crisis. So the better you can stay calm in the face of a crisis, and the brides and grooms don't even, or the grooms and grooms, brides and brides, if they don't know that you've been dealing with crisis. That makes you perfect for this industry because that is that is the whole game is managing the stuff that goes wrong. Like so, for example, I was on one side of a building, the marquee was on a completely different side. 
I was almost out of uh, eye shot of where everyone was. So I had to set up a wireless system to the speaker that was in the marquee, but still have one next to me, which was kind of about 20 meters away from where they were, so that when they come to dance, you know, there was music there, there was sound and all that sort of stuff. And then I had to make sure that the marquee one was turned off while the dancing was on and while the speeches were on, the one where I'd be standing um, for the for the dancing would be off. So it was, it was a combination of things and it was... It turned out really good in the end. Um, got home at two in the morning, and I thought this industry can go kiss itself in the ass. <laughs> I think I think you've just summarised the best thing about um, being experienced and adding value to someone's wedding, not just your actual skill of being a DJ mm. um, event person, but you know the problem solving that's involved with mitigating yep. risk. That's yeah, what yep. we call. yeah. And coming from a project management background, everything is about mitigating risk and. <clears throat> I was when I first came to the DJing industry. I, I was a little bit loose, even, <laughs> even you know. I'd just come from a project management and uh, where everything was so tight and so rigid and so all about that risk mitigation. So I just wanted to cut loose and just do things the way I wanted to do them. Yeah. But obviously, that whole project management side of me, it it actually works. It's pretty beneficial for what we do uh, yeah. mm. because that started to kick in, or the necessity of using it started to kick in. I think I think um, your big big picture view of how things work was really good for us. So we had multiple views of how the industry worked. For for Leighton and I, we're all about the tiny, um, you know, kind of minute details. Um, whereas Adam's got the a perfect overview of how things should run. And then we just fill in the details there. So it, it's and that's what you should blog about all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm little... not a details guy. Every that is scenario. not me. You want you, you want little man. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting that. there. You're getting there, bro. I, I'm, I I can be, but that's that's yeah. where my strength. Well, that's where these guys, their strength is, and where my um, my other strengths come into play. Yeah. But yeah, we we're, we're, we're talking about Saturday. So you had a wedding, I had a wedding yeah. as well. So um, it was funny, me and Eden were the only ones working on Saturday. And ironically, this Saturday, I don't have a wedding. Yeah, same. Which is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the opportunity because the wedding that I did have on Saturday was at the Crown. They've... Yeah, because you've got 14 kids. <laughs> <laughs> so do you. <laughs> Five, but thank you anyway. Um, Seven. Well... So, so the wedding that I just did on uh, on Saturday, I was looking forward to that wedding for quite a while. Big Kiwi wedding, knew that it was going to be, you know, huckers and all the rest of it. I, I I did the same as Eden. I just used an opportunity to cut loose, and so at six thirty, I think, after the bride and groom came in and everyone was sitting down, I just played party music, and all the aunties were up dancing all night. That's like, awesome. Yeah. And you didn't have to have masks on. Well, yeah, we did. We did. did. The, the venue asked for masks. Everybody put their masks on as they went up to the buffet, and 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 I had my mask on at my desk, and then took it off to make announcements. But in the end, you know, everyone's up dancing. The venue makes the announcement. It's then on the people. You know, they they can only do what they can do. Yeah. yeah. yeah once you get compliance, it's, it's it's like the old um, you know, no glass on the dance floor, no shoes to remain on. Once you take care of your obligations, then it, it goes back on. Yeah. We're not we're not the police, and, and neither is the venue. 
um, there are some venues that expect us to be and want us to shut things down if if it doesn't go accordingly. But that's mm, they want us to shut because of their requirements. So yeah, yeah, and and the blames on you kind yeah, of. It yeah, feels well, like it. Yeah, well, well, you, you get the before. booze anyway. You get the yeah. booze directed at you. Yeah, <laughs> but, but um, but more so there. This one on on Saturday was you know, and that's the way I've tried to take the approach lately. Um. Is because this could be the last wedding that I'm doing. Let's make it the best wedding that I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. So let's let's yeah. make sure everybody has a good time. Uh, and I find these days more and more couples don't want the rigid sit down. Yeah, um, I love that. You, yeah. you know, everything yeah. has to be. Venues hate it because they have staff that need to get in and try and They're do all their food still. and and yeah. do all of this. I actually had. Where was I? This is about three weeks ago. I was at Satella, and, and um, I had the bride and groom up dancing, and I had everybody up dancing during dinner, and they actually asked me to wind the music back so that they could do the table service and get everyone back to the table. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. No yeah. worries. But for the most part, I've taken the approach where everybody just wants to have a good time. Let's give them a good time. If they want to dance during dinner, let's dance during dinner. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, 100%. So, so I had... had I had the dance floor, I think, more packed during dinner than I did like at any particular period throughout the night. I had about 30 or 40 people on that dance floor during dinner, and it was amazing. The, the aunties, the little kids, everybody up <laughs> dancing. I was playing all the old school classics like um, Rock the Boat and you know all of that kind of stuff. They loved it. Well, Kiwis, that, that's our vibe as well. Yeah. So you know, playing garage party style songs early on in the night, and they were just getting up and having. Yeah, a I like that. You, you, there's a there's a few certain crowds that you, if you play the right music for them, you're gonna kill the game from the very very start. Like um, I took that approach from Adam as well. He's kind of like, uh, maybe we should start mixing from the very very start. And a few of the guys that um, we follow, who are kind of our virtual mentors, were talking about it as well. Like, you know the days of putting on a Spotify playlist and just letting it continuously play, you shouldn't really do that. And while it is a bit of a struggle at, at sometimes to, to want to do that, the difference that you see in terms of interaction with the with the guests is amazing. Like we, mm -hmm. I did the same thing based on Adam's prompts. So I started mixing and playing jams uh, on the Saturday wedding that we just had. Um, and the bridal party were up on the dance floor shaking it and then that would attract other people and same thing happened. They were just dancing from the very start. Mm. So and that set the tone for the for the whole day, which was um which was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. You gotta you gotta bring that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's something that, you know, after being in the wedding industry for a few years and, and seeing the contrasts, and even if it's not a cocktail wedding, because that's why I love cocktail weddings so much and doing them with you as well, Sev, is because cocktail weddings, there is no real set mm. period There's of no formalities. formalities. Yeah. Yep. But I bring that same less formal approach to my sit-down weddings now, and brides and grooms love it. They just, they just want to be up dancing. They want to be happy. Um, got to the point where a wedding that I did just recently, the bride got all of her bridal party and some of her family around and did a dance battle, dance circle. That's awesome. Right, right <laughs> during, awesome. during dinner. That's goals. That <laughs> is so, such goals. Oh. So that was, you know, and that's kind of the approach that I've started to take. And, and yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, 
it seems to be. That's what your wedding was like. Your... Yeah, well, that's that's what I planned it for. Yeah. And um, a lot of people saying, a lot of the guests at my wedding said that that was the best wedding they've ever been to. It was, it was like jams from the start, bro. Just, that's, that's... Well, yeah, that's what I wanted. Uh, that's what we wanted. And, and that's what people want well, secretly. I'm, I'm doing Riley's wedding. Riley Craig, um, one of, you know, one of the top wedding musicians here in Perth. I'm doing his wedding. That's awesome. We, we're, doing, we're, we're doing a lot of weddings together, me and him, just yeah. particularly anyway, personally. But I'm doing a wedding with him this weekend, but he's asked me basically for his wedding. Seven o'clock comes around. He's literally going to be shoes off, dance floor, cranking right till 12. Goals. So that's that's pretty much, you know, okay, sweet, can, can do. <laughs> nice for for my um for my wedding last Saturday um that I shot at um yeah the rain the rain came in and right as the ceremony started but we had already decided to go inside. Where else were you? Uh, up in Yanship. Oh yeah, Caves. yeah, yeah, Yanship Caves. Oh yes, 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 I saw that. And yep. um, brilliant venue. Yeah. Um, they they were a bit um, strict on the uh, the masks. However, you know we all. We all abided by the rules and and that. Um, and the one thing that 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 wasn't really uh, didn't really work was those masks on the dance floor. It just just didn't hit the mark that well. Um, it was a shame. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, we wish we wish it was obviously a bit different, but um, uh, people still had a good time. Uh, however, it did hinder that dance time of the night. Mm. Um, and 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 not not to not to blame the. The, the place, the venue, they, they were amazing. They were very um, um, accommodating to everything. Um, but like in terms of talking about vibe with uh, being DJs as a photographer, that's been my main kind of mm. like educational thing for, for clients saying, okay, do you like my vibe? I don't show them my photos straight away. I show them my vibe. Most of them find me on those videos that I put out, mm. and like, yeah, we like your videos. You're funny. I just feel like that your uh, that the photos will will be a lot more, you know, full of life and laughter because, you know, I'm not like some sore thumb. Mm. <laughs> Composed, <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, it worked out well. Uh, there was there was only one real spot that we could take photos um, straight after the ceremony, and it was right kind of almost outside in the rain. But they were kind of standing out the outside of the porch at the Yanship Inn. I would stand out on the road. I got an umbrella, and I'd I'd be holding the umbrella with one hand and my camera with the other hand, and then just taking portraits. <laughs> and they had a bigger list too. Yeah, but it worked. Um, and then I. I just any other day if it didn't yeah. rain. And then we managed to get a few photos out, out in the rain, um, even though it kind of died down a little bit. Kangaroo shit everywhere. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the I've noticed that at, at Yangship, there's the smell when it gets damp. Yeah. It's just in the air. It's not too bad, but um, I, I, I looked at the dress and I was like, uh, are you going to be able to pin that train up so you don't have to, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, no problem. And, you know, scouting the, the place an hour before. I don't know if you guys saw the story yeah, yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've, a lot of people found that really entertaining. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we did all the photos that I said we would take, even though it started raining. And then the caves are really cool, um, uh, even though it was very low for me. Um, people found <laughs> people got a laugh out of that. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'll get that. But, um, yeah, that was that one wedding that I'm like, that, that's one for the ages. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's one of those kind of. Um, is that your land first time at the cave, caves as well? Yeah, it was the first time yeah. at the caves. But it's like, a kind of a bucket list venue. I, I I wanted to go there for a long time. Yeah. Then once I ticked it off, I was like, okay, that's that's yeah. cool. I've done it now. 
Yeah, and then um, I mean the food was great. Um, everybody had a good time, and uh, at the end of the night it was like eleven thirty until we finished up. They have these plates, have these little um, uh, insertions into the cave walls to make sure that if the music's going too loud and there's a little bit of movement in the walls, if one of them comes out, you've got to kind of turn it down. Yeah. And the DJ was telling me about it. I was just like, oh wow. Do they have raves in there and stuff? Cave raves, they call them. Yeah. Cave, cave mm-hmm. raves. But, um, but yeah, moving on to um, the the a week from now, we're out of lockdown. Well, we're out of lockdown now, but we're out of no mask restrictions from the 14th of February. Mm. So um, all the weddings. Is it, is it in the morning or is it at night, that 12, 12.01? 14th, 12.01. 12.01. Like pretty much Saturday, 11.59, 12. 12.01 yeah. oh, okay. Sunday, cool. so yeah. basically your Saturday wedding. So your Saturday wedding still got I'll the- uh, covered in. Yeah, okay. unfortunately, but uh, we don't have- well, Do you have a wedding this weekend? Yeah, Sunday. I've got Bell Lovers Farm. Oh, so. Sunday. You're safe. Yeah. You're you got Saturday and Sunday. You got Pam Pack, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, but man. Yeah. Pam Pack. Oh, I, I have a wedding at Ambrose on Friday, and uh, yeah, that's it for me. I'm done yeah. after that. After all these stories, um, one question that I've written down is um, what should um, the clients do or the bridal couple, couples do if they're waiting for their wedding and it's coming up and they're fearful of another lockdown sort of scenario? Get in contact. Honestly, communication is key. If There's no point in sitting there scared if you're not going to tell anybody about it. If you have concerns, genuine concerns, call us up, drop us an email, ask us a question, ask us is my deposit safe or are you still going to hold my date if uh, something happens again yeah. or discussing plans yeah, A, yeah. B and C as well like you know if if something happens and I have to change this for my wedding on the day will we, will we still be able to do it and I think having backup plans and contingency plans in terms of whether they you know yeah. we've got the opportunity to um, to postpone to another date now I want to make sure that you guys are available. You know, the DJ in particular, that if they have a relationship with their DJ that they want to maintain. So I think just getting air in the mouth, eh? making sure that uh, all the options are on the table for them and they understand what they are and how we fit into those plans that they have. The more we can help them, because um, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a phone call to us. So we will give you, you know, we'll tell you straight up. Either way, we'll, yeah. we'll give you the good news or the bad news. In regards to investing in the day they've already chosen. Uh, and holding it or folding now and then just rescheduling for next year, what do you think of, of, of one of those two choices? Well, it's hard to say. It, it, apart, not, from, I, apart from international family, well, yes. International family, yeah, that's that's a given. I'm not a bride or a groom, especially, you know, I got married, well, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> so so I, I don't have to face the same kind of you know, um, things that these brides and grooms have to face today. Yeah. That's really a personal choice. If you want if see, my thing is if you've been waiting for this wedding for all year, your life and you've been planning this for, for a number of years, which just, is a lot of brides, which is a lot of brides continue with your plans. Continue don't don't put them on hold. Continue as if they're going to happen. If, if something happens like what just got dumped on us last week, well, that's, out of your control because rescheduling you don't know if it's going to happen yeah and that's what I said in that first episode back this season I I had that rant on the way home from Yanship saying I said exactly that saying don't don't live out of fear live out of the possibility of regret 
and not regretting mm. that you didn't reschedule, but regretting that if you did reschedule, that day goes past and you're like, oh, we could have had our wedding today. Yep. Well, yeah, we should well, have stuck with it. You know, what's what's the worst feeling? And the worst thing as well is the, the chance to reschedule. And I know this sounds negative, but it's happened to three of our couples already where they've rescheduled their wedding to a date further down the track, maybe a year later because of COVID last year. And now they're no longer together. Um, because a, a lot of it was due to the pressures of COVID, you know, financial strains, one partner not getting them any hours or, or whatever the case, you know, a lot of them, the, the three that actually happened to, it was, it was pretty much a similar case in, in, in every situation was because of that. And, and so if you have the opportunity to get married, you're always stronger as a married couple than you are as two individuals who are going to get married. That's, that's what I say to everybody. Marriage gives you an Ooh, added... That's a nice one. It gives you an added layer of strength because you've got yeah. something that you're actually working on. Yeah, you've committed. You've you, made that you've commitment. Committed. Yeah. Whereas if you're two individuals who plan on getting married, something like COVID can break you. Absolutely. A career in celebrancy, Adam? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> or, right. or, or, uh, or marriage counselling, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, um, well, it's great to have had you guys, uh, um, you know, restart this thing with. And uh, it's good to be back, bro. Um, yeah. I really, I said this last last time, but I really want to do this once a week yep. with people who are coming in, um, shaking know, off the rust. It's, yeah, it's great. Expert experts in the industry coming in. You know, anybody um, that uh, you know has something or wants to be on, hit us up. Thank you for everybody at home uh, who are listening and uh, if you have any insights any questions any specific uh, uh, topics that you want covered um, with anybody uh, or any vendor in the industry hit us up with some ideas any questions we'll love to answer them and uh, to reach us uh, on all channels uh, we are Perth Wedding Minds podcast you can find us on Instagram and we'll get that uh, up and running a little bit more properly this year uh, through Spotify and iTunes whichever one that you're listening to please uh, leave a review it is always helpful to see what you guys are thinking through that via the iTunes channel or the podcast channel. And uh, yeah, uh, until next time, uh, hopefully uh, you're uh, still joining with us for the next episode. See you later.